I'm going to give you just a couple of uh, sermons in a sentence. Use God's Word to create your identity. Do not, I repeat, do not use your past or your experiences to tell you who you are. What are you going to use to create your identity? The Word of God. A person without a vision does not have a future, and the man without a future will always return to his past. Let me read it again. A person without a vision does not have a future, but the man without a and the man without a future will always return to his past. Get a vision. Let the Word of God tell you your vision. Let the Word of God tell you who you are. Amen? I'm going to read this scripture from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let me read it again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So what is that saying? Saying you're going to have to retrain your thought patterns. And I'm telling you, I, I, I have to deal with it myself. A thought will come in, and it sounds like you thinking, but it's really not. It's the enemy that's shot a thought into your head, and now you've got a choice. Is it, is it what am I going to do with this thought? And if you don't take that thought captive and deal with it ruthlessly, then what happens is you start agreeing with it. I'm sure you've heard the thought, well, you're just a loser and you're never going to amount to anything. It's probably been said to you by somebody. What are you going to do with that thought? You throw it out. You let the Word of God form who you are. What does God say about you? What does He say about you? Are you born again? Then what does God say about you? You're His Son. If you're the Son of the Creator of the Most High God, then does that make you somebody? Amen. Are you going to be a loser? No. Why not? Because God said so. Because He said you can do anything in Jesus who gives you strength. You've got to revamp your thinking. And well, yeah, but sister, I'm in here. I mean, you know, it's pretty bleak in here. Well, change your atmosphere. Well, I can't change my celly. Well, don't try to change him. You change your atmosphere. By the way, you think. It said, did it not say, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person, changing the way you think. 
so our thought life is very, very important. And if we do not meditate on the Word of God, if we don't let the truths of the Word of God sink into our head and go down to in our spirit, then we are going to get tripped up by the evil one. Devil, his demons, are out to kill, steal, and destroy your destiny. I'm telling you, if you will trust God, if you will put all that you are, all that you ever will be in his quite capable hands, he will guide your footsteps. He will. I've heard too many testimonies of how he will move on your behalf. But it all starts with this right here. Right between our ears. It starts right here. You win or lose right here. Let's just look and see. Some of the things that we can transform our thinking is, is to know who our God is. It says in Exodus 6.3 that we serve God Almighty. It says in Galatians 3.5 that we serve a miracle-working God. It's the God who spoke the universes into existence. That's who we serve. It's the God who made an axe head to float in the water. That's who we serve. It's a God that says, there's nothing too hard for me. That's who we serve. Glory to His holy name. Nothing impossible with him. He's just looking for somebody that will believe that. And if you will believe that, then your thinking will begin to change. You're gonna. The more you hang around God, the more you fellowship with Jesus, the more you invite Holy Spirit into your into your everything that you are, then you start thinking like God. You start talking like Him. You start behaving as He would, even in a dark place. Jesus did it. He is our example. He is our plumb line. If you're a carpenter, you know what a plumb line is. You know what a plumb line is? String with a heavy thing on the end of it, and you, and it, and it levels it. Jesus is our plumb line. We look at him for everything. How did he respond when he was criticized? What did he do when he got bad news? His cousin had just been beheaded. What did he do? He went and prayed a little while, and then he came down and cast out devils and healed the sick. He didn't let the bad news destroy him. He turned it for good. That's what he did. That's right. The Word of God will transform you, knowing that we serve a miracle-working God. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, We serve a God that is all-powerful. And here's a wonderful revelation of our Father. Numbers 23:19 says, We serve one who is unchangeable. Now, you can anchor your hope in something that will not change. Am I right? You can anchor your trust in a person that you know is not wishy-washy. If he said it, you know he's going to do it. If he promised it, you know it's going to come to pass. Yo, sister, I've been hanging on to this promise a long time. Well, hang on some more. Because God promised it, he's going to do it. Amen. 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 Am
Amen. Amen. We can do it. Hey, we can do all things in Jesus who gives us strength. You know, here's the deal. We, we, we latch on to a promise and then we don't see it today. Then we don't see it next week. Then we just kind of sink a little bit. Then in a year we haven't seen it, and we just sink a little further. Now you've got a choice to make. Are you going to hang on to the promise that God gave you? Are you going to hang on to his integrity, his character of flawlessness? Are you going to look at the circumstances? That was choice A and choice B. Which one are you going to take? You're going to hang on to God. You know, when God told Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a son. Well, you know, in the other places in the Bible when he said that, next year they had a kid. But here are Abraham and Sarah, next year no kid. Five years later, no kid. Ten years later, no kid. Fifteen years later, no kid. <laughs> Can you imagine what they said to each other? <laughs> I better not go there. Okay. I'm digging my hole a little deep here. Okay. It was 20 years before the promised was fulfilled. That's a long time. That's a real long time. And I tell you, if we don't hang on to the promises of God, and then you know what the Word says, the promises of God are yes and amen to those who believe. It's not a promise for you if you don't believe. But if you believe, it is yes and amen. What does amen mean? So be it. Yes and so be it. So what does He promise you? Freedom. What? Conditions you have to meet? You have to believe. You have to believe. And then if Holy Spirit says to do something, you best do it. The condition is to believe. And then listen for His voice. And when He says do something, do it. If He says don't do it, don't do it. I'm telling you, I can tell you a bucket full of stories of the promise and not seeing it, but yet believing, and then God coming through. But you just have to believe, amen? amen. Our God is a God of resurrection, John 11, verse 25. Your dreams have died. He is a God that will resurrect it. Amen. I'm telling you, if you have a dream of something you thought you were going to accomplish in this life, don't let go of it. Do not let go of it. God is a God of resurrection. But I'm telling you, sometimes that has to die. Why do I say that? I say it because I look at the Word of God and I see where God had promised, I'm going to redeem my people. I'm going to redeem my people. I'm going to buy them back from the enemy. I'm going to give them a place in eternity. I'm going to redeem my people. And then here comes Jesus, the Redeemer. The sick was healed. The dead was raised. Leprosy was cleansed. The blind saw. Arms grew out. Legs grew out. It was marvelous. And then all of a sudden, He's dead. But hang on, Sunday is coming. The God of the resurrection 
is alive. And when your dream dies, it's in a good place. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because some of you have had dreams of destiny since you were a little child. Some of you had the call of God on your life since you were a little bitty. And you're here. And you think that dream is gone. I have to differ with you. We serve a God of resurrection. And He will bring that to pass. You just have to believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, I buried that a long time ago. Just let Him resurrect it. Because that's who He is, you see. That's who we serve. We sing praises to Him. Oh, He deserves so much more. But yet we get a little glimpse when we come together in unity of heart and begin to worship Him. I'm telling you, the power of God just begins to wash over me. I get so excited because I just get to start seeing into the spirit realm. I get to see heaven in the spirit realm, and I get real excited. Amen? But that's just a teeny-weeny glimpse, a minute glimpse of what we're going to get to experience for eternity because we serve a God who is able. In Romans 3.26, it says that we serve a God of justification. Now, that ought to get you real excited. That's a fancy-sounding word, is it not? But it just simply means that what we did, the sin, that means to sin just simply means to miss the heart of God, to miss the will of God. You know, uh, it's an archery term. You pull your, your bow, your uh, arrow back in your bow, and you let go, and you don't hit the bullseye. That was a term they used. You sinned. You missed the mark. And when we sin, we miss the mark of God. And so, we serve a God of redemption. He takes our mess, and He redeems it, and He makes it into a message. Yes. He does. See, you thought your life pretty much ended when you got here. No. He's going to take the mess and make it a message. Amen. I ministered in the Southwest Penitentiary in Las Cruces, New Mexico many years ago, and there was 50 of us went in. Most of them were pastors. This guy got up and started preaching. He said, I was in this very prison with a life without parole sentence. And I'm going, well, I didn't know that when I was talking to you. I mean... <laughs> Life without parole. And he came in with us. Is there anything too hard for God? His testimony was he got saved in that prison in an event just like we were hosting. He got saved. He so radically changed. He started preaching and he was faithful while he was in prison. He was faithful while he was in prison. 
it so caught the attention of their judicial system, somebody called the governor, and the governor pardoned him. <laughs> We serve a God of redemption. And that man was telling the story. God had redeemed. He had made a message out of all that mess. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. That ought to give you happy feet. <laughs> Hallelujah. We serve a God who is a healer, Isaiah 53, verse 5. We can be sick in body, we can be sick in heart, we can be sick in mind. And we serve a God who heals. Does that mean once we get healed we're never going to get sick or have an issue anymore? Mm, no. We live in a fallen world. There's all kinds of reasons why we could get sick. I'm not going to go into any of them. That would be a whole nother teaching. But we live in a fallen world, and we're going to be confronted with germs, with demons, with, with accidents. We're going to be confronted with all this. But we serve a God who heals. Your heart may be broken over some relationship. I'm just glad to tell you, we serve a God who heals. Amen. There's not a pain too deep that our God cannot heal. He just is waiting for you to say, God, I need you really bad. That's all he's waiting on. It's not complicated. Yes. Hallelujah. You say, well, yeah, sister, you know, I know, but, you know, we, we pray for people and they died. Well, hello. If they were in Jesus, that's pretty cool. You know, my niece that passed away March the 3rd, I was thinking about her the other day, and Holy Spirit stopped me because I was getting all sad again. And he said, where do you think she is? What do you think she's experiencing right now? Now I'm jealous. I'm not sad. I'm jealous. <laughs> Heaven is real. Very, very real. It is a place that's prepared. Hallelujah. So I don't begrudge that anymore. It boils down to we have to trust him, doesn't it? We serve a God who is a deliverer in Romans 11:20. He is a deliverer. He will deliver us out of situations. He will deliver us out of problems. He will deliver us from unclean spirits. Mm-hmm. You know, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see where Jesus spent most of his ministry casting out devils. I love to cast out devils. Nothing pleasures me much more than to cast out a devil. Because I see such freedom come. I see that person being released into peace. I was in torment for years and years. And once I got born again, oh, I'm just thanking God that he sent me to this little prayer group. And the, the, the teacher was a year ahead of everybody else that was going there. And, but she had learned how to, to minister deliverance. And she got a hold of me. And I got freeze from torment I had had for years. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
God. I'm telling you, we need deliverance. We do. We walk in a dirty world. And, you know, if you get outside and walk in the mud, you're going to get mud on your shoes. You walk in a world infested with demons, then you might pick one up. Well, just kick it out. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's not complicated. This whole thing is not complicated. It's very simplistic. God designed it that way because he knew we were all brain damaged. <laughs> I speak the truth. <laughs> and I've got to wind this up. Revelation 19.11 says, We serve a God who is faithful and true. He is faithful and He is true. He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you've committed your heart and life to Jesus, He will never leave you nor forsake you. And you say, well, yeah, but I don't feel Him. It has nothing to do with feelings. It has everything to do with the integrity of God's character. And He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what He said. Amen. So we got to trust Him. We must believe and we must trust. That's our job. He's done everything else. All we have to do is believe and to trust and then listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and be obedient. And that's it. Isn't that simple? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for a glorious morning. We thank you, Father, that as we have gathered together in your Son, Jesus' name, that you have been here in the midst of us. And so, Father, we want to continue to give you honor for who you are. You are a mighty God. You are a great God. You are a wonderful Father. You are a good Daddy. And, Father, we just bless you now. We bless you with all that's within us. We give you all praise and all glory. And we love you, Father. We thank you for Jesus, the plan that you did through him. And Jesus, we tell you, thank you for being obedient to the Father. Thank you for suffering, for giving up your life for us, for being that seed that had to die so that many could be born again. We just bless you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I ask that you continue to work with each one of us in this room. I ask that there's someone here that needs Jesus to speak to them about their need for Jesus. I ask you, Holy Spirit, if there's someone here that needs to be infused with your power, that you speak with them about that. We just bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says, Amen. Amen.